Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, Mysteries of the Bible Revealed. So Israel's got to have Jerusalem. When Israel was born as a nation, they didn't have Jerusalem. And yet, yet it, it's going to happen one way or the other. And the amazing thing, it actually happens because the Soviet Union, anti-God Soviet Union, gives a false report to Egypt that causes Egypt and the Arab world to line up to destroy Israel that forces the Six-Day War and fulfills biblical prophecy. The Soviet Union fulfills biblical prophecy. This podcast is brought to you by Reverse Speech Radio, a podcast committed to telling you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Using the exact same technology as the CIA, they know because they trained them. Join hosts Christian Dicadur and David John Oates every week and hear never-before-heard reversals, revealing the hidden truth. Catch politicians lying, climb inside the head of serial killers, even hear EVPs played in reverse. Who's lying? Who's telling the truth? All will be revealed on Reverse Speech Radio. New episodes drop every Thursday. Find out more at reversespeech.ca. Listen and subscribe at reversespeechradio.libson.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Wednesday. Jonathan Kahn, New York Times best-selling author, is standing by to unveil the Jubilean Mysteries of the Bible. First, a couple of quick announcements before we get rolling. I'll be hosting Coast to Coast AM coming up later this month, Friday, October 25, and then again on Saturday, October the 26th. So mark those dates down, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Eastern. Go to coasttocoastam.com to find an affiliate station near you. Also on Saturday, October 26th, I'll be hosting a free reverse speech event at Metamorphosis Greek Orthodox Church, 40 Donlins Avenue in Toronto, a workshop from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. That'll be conducted by Christian D. Cadieu, co-host of Reverse Speech Radio. Then at 2 p.m., I'll introduce David John Oates, the discoverer of Reverse Speech, and that runs from 2 to 4 p.m. Again, Saturday, October 26th, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., 40 Donlins Avenue in Toronto, just steps from the Donlins subway station. Hope to see you there. Could an ancient prophecy and a mysterious ordinance given in a Middle Eastern desert over 3,000 years ago be determining the events of our day? Could some of the most famous people of modern history and current events be secretly linked to this mystery, even a modern president of the United States? Could this ancient revelation pinpoint the events of our times down to the year, month, and day of their occurring? Could a mysterious phenomenon be manifesting on the world stage on an exact timetable determined from ancient times? And could these manifestations have altered and now be altering the course of world events? Jonathan Kahn is about to take us on a journey to find the man called the Oracle. One by one, each of the Jubilean mysteries will be revealed through the giving of a vision. The Oracle will uncover the mysteries of the stranger, the lost city, the man with the measuring line, the land of seven wells, the birds, the number of the end, the man in the black robe, the prophet's song, the matrix of years, the day of the lions, the awakening of the dragon, and much more. Jonathan caused quite a worldwide stir with the release of his explosive first book, The Harbinger, which became an instant New York Times bestseller and brought him to national and international prominence. His next three books were also New York Times bestsellers, The Mystery of the Shemitah, The Book of Mysteries, and The Paradigm. Called the prophetic voice of this generation, Jonathan is a much sought-after speaker and has been highlighted in the New York Times as well as in many national 
and international media. He's spoken on Capitol Hill at the United Nations and to millions of people around the world. He leads Hope of the World Ministry, an international outreach of teaching, evangelism, and compassionate projects for the world's most needy. He also leads the Jerusalem Center Beth Israel, a worship center made up of Jews and Gentiles, people of all backgrounds, just outside New York City in Way, New Jersey. His new book, published in September, is The Oracle, The Jubilean Mysteries Unveiled. Jonathan Kahn, how are you? Great, and great to be, always great to be with you, Richard. Congratulations on the new book, The Oracle, The Jubilean Mysteries Unveiled. But let me just start right off the top. I know what an oracle is in terms of the pagan religions, you know, the oracle of Delphi in ancient Greece. I didn't know in Christianity we had oracles. What is an oracle? Yeah, the, the word oracle actually appears throughout the Bible and uh, in different ways. Sometimes it means it speaks of the holy place in the temple, actually, and it speaks of a revelation from God, a word from God, and uh, it, says, it says at one point um, th- there was a seer and, and, and people consulted as if from the oracle. So you had the pagan version or the false version, and then you have the real version, basically a prophet, um, one who speaks, uh, oracle means one, one who speaks, so one who speaks the revelations of God. And so can it actually mean the the prophecy itself as well? It can, yes, it can be. Absolutely, it can be. And and the yeah, the oracle, the the mystery itself of the oracle is is that is I put it this way, what if there was a a mystery that was really really behind everything, the events of our lives, the our world, the past, present, future, um the, what's happening right now in current events, um a really a mystery that's so big that um it involves everything, determining everything from the world wars to the rise and fall of nations, kingdoms, the rise of America, and also it, it's the master, really the master secret of the end times, because the end times is going to be linked to all these things, and even, I'm going to throw this in, but it, it's part of it, even the mystery of Donald Trump is in there, and um, it involves also the mystery of salvation, the mystery of heaven, it's really an, one of the biggest things overarching the entire Bible, but coming true in our time, and everything from, uh, it'll, as we'll, we'll see, it'll involve everything from Mark Twain to Moses, from Ezekiel to Donald Trump, um, and it's, it's, it's just a very gigantic thing. My, my biggest challenge, Richard, was how to get this in one book, because I had about 3,000 pages of notes or revelations on this thing, so, but we did. You know. And also, the other thing is that I did it, for those who know The Harbinger, you know, I did it in, it's, the oracle is in that way. There's a narrative, um, where there's a story around it, but what's revealed is all totally real. And as you asked about the oracle, the oracle is a man that, that uh, a man has to go to find, to, because he has visions, and, and he has to, the meaning is only found, is only kind of explained by this man called the oracle, who's on this mountain and uh, in the desert, you know. Um, and so in that, there are, in the visions, there are seven doors of revelation and and in the each door it opens up to mysteries to the revealing of mysteries um, that start a little while back and go all the way up to where we are right now and then it goes beyond to what's going to happen in the future that's kind of a it's kind of an overview right it's a you've used this uh, fictional literary device to tell the story but the, the the oracles or the prophecies are true they are found in the bible you mentioned mark twain folks he is in the bible wait till we hear about this now so let's you talked about these seven doors yeah uh so take us through the first door okay um and and in the in the the first door you have i mean there's several mysteries and i'll start i'll i'll share one of them now um and the first door meaning this there there's a there's a the mystery really begins with uh, Moses, and he gives this he gives this prophecy at the his last words to Israel, and he speaks about what's going to happen in the end times. And what we're also going to see is there's there's something called the Jubilean mysteries linked to the Jubilee, which we're going to see. This is going to be kind of tied all together. But he he gives this prophecy, and in the prophecy he he says that that. 
there that before Israel comes back into the world, before the Jewish people are brought back at the, in the end of days, there's going to become there's going to come a stranger, uh, a foreigner or stranger. Moses says in the prophecy, he's going to come back from he's going to come from it says a faraway land, um, and he's going to he's going to come to the land. Now, now the land, what the prophecy is that when the Jewish people are going to be scattered to the ends of the earth. The land of Israel is going to become cursed, basically a desolation. It's going to become a waste, a waste place. So the land of milk and honey is going to become a, a barren, desolate, a place where there's no life. And that's exactly what happened. When the Jewish people left the land for 2,000 years, that land became uh, really the most desolate place on earth. Well, Moses prophesies that it, before, the, before they gather back, before the end, the end comes, or the end times, a man, the man, the stranger, will come. He'll come to the land. And he will bear witness of the the desolation, the devastation of the land. Um, now, did this come true? Well, of course, you know, in 2,000 years, there are people who came and saw that and said it. But there's one person above all who fulfills this amazingly. And this, it's the stranger. He, he's going he's gonna to come from the faraway land. The faraway land is going to be America. He's actually going to come from the ends of the earth, which is, which is uh, the, the West Coast. He's going to make a journey. He's going to come to the land. And it's going to be in the 19th century, because that's when the devastation of Israel was at its worst. And the man is somebody we all know. The man is Mark Twain. Mm. Mark Twain is actually linked to Bible prophecy. To <laughs> uh, am- Amazingly. I mean, you know, we, we learned about Mark Twain in school, and you know, Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry, Huckleberry Finn. But amazingly, he will come there. Now, Mark Twain was a cynic. He, he, was, he was a skeptic. But he comes there. He's actually going to fulfill it. He, he, he's a journalist at the time. He wasn't the famous Mark Twain we know now, and he takes this journey around the world, and it's all going to focus on coming to Israel or um, this pilgrimage at the end, which is going to culminate when he comes to Jerusalem. So while he comes, he has a notebook. You know, the, the prophet he says he's going to the stranger is going to bear witness. He's going to he's going to speak. He's going to he's going to record how desolate, how how hopeless this land is. So he comes there. He journeys through the land, comes down from Lebanon, comes through Galilee, the the Samaria, Judea. Finally, to Jerusalem, and he, he in his notebook he he records what he sees, and his words actually are going to match the words of Moses, the words of the prophecy. You know, in the prophecy, Moses says basically says that that the stranger will say that it is a total is a total desolation, and that's exactly what Mark Twain says. Um, the, the, Mo, the prophecy says he will say he will speak about it being a scorching, burning uh, desolation. Well, that's Mark Twain says the exact thing. He says it's, it's, it was a scorching, burning place, like like basically he's describing it like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's just totally wasted. Um, one of the one of the words in the prophecy says that he's going to he's going to say that there's not even a, 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 no grass grows there or no blade of grass grows there. Well, you look at Mark Twain's account; he literally says those exact words. He says there was no blade of grass growing there. So Mark Twain doesn't know what he's doing, but he you know he's he's again not a believer, but he's actually fulfilling speaking the words that Moses says. He does this all. And then, and on top of it, on top of it, Richard, there's another mystery to this, and that is that 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 the Bible, like, well, actually, there are appointed words that are given. They're called the parashas, and that that is that um, that every week on the Sabbath, the Jewish people read these appointed words. They're appointed from ages past. They're, they're Bible Bible verses. And the amazing thing that I found as I was doing this is that that God has appointed these words to be read on the days that they're fulfilled in modern times. And so, so here's what happened. Back to Mark Twain. He's in, it's his final, it's his last day in Jerusalem, his last full day. It's the really peak of his journey, of, of everything he saw. It's a, it's a Sabbath. And on that day, there's an appointed word that is being read throughout the world, recited and chanted in the synagogues of the world, uh, and, and even in Israel. And what is that appointed word? The word is, on that day that he's there culminating his journey, the word is the prophecy of the stranger, that the stranger will come to the land. So as they're chanting this word, the stranger will come to the land, the stranger is in the land. And, and, and Mark Twain is actually in Jerusalem, and he's walking the streets, because I looked at, the, at his records, he goes to the Western Wall. Undoubtedly, on that day in Jerusalem, they would be chanting that prophecy when he's there, chanting it, and 
as he's about the stranger as he's fulfilling it. I Is mean, it possible no, he heard it? He heard it while he was he, there. Yeah, most likely he did because I mean, if you're in Jerusalem on the Sabbath and there was Jewish people there, you're going to hear the chanting. He heard it, but he had no idea what it meant because they, they're saying it in they're saying it in Hebrew. He had no idea what it meant, and the people who are chanting it have no idea that it's actually being fulfilled in their midst. Right. And now, 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 here's another thing about it. You know, through you know, right after um, well, actually, when did this happen? This all took place in the year 1867. Now it turns out 1867 is going to be um, an amazing year because it, that. Year year, you know, Moses says, the stranger's going to come, and then, right after that, it says, God's going to gather the Jewish people back. Well, the amazing thing is, right after Mark Twain comes, right after that, things start happening in the land. It's like, um, super, even supernatural, it starts being prepared for the, the return of the Jewish people that's going to come about uh, then and in, in the 20th century and to our day. But it all begins right after this, this stranger, Mark Twain, comes. And so there's going to be something very significant about that year. It's going to be actually linked to the Jubilee. Now, one thing, what happens is Mark Twain goes home, and he, he's approached to write a book. He writes a book about this, and so his testimony that it says in Deuteronomy, he's going to testify, it's going to go to the whole world. And it's going to be actually going to, it's going to be his best-selling book in his lifetime. It's going to make him a name. It's all about biblical prophecy. And, and then things start happening in the land right after that. And another thing about this is for 2,000 years, the Jewish people, they're praying every day. They're praying, Lord, hear our prayers and have mercy and, and bring us back to the land. Have mercy on Jerusalem. Have mercy on Israel. Restore us. Restore us. So the kings are, Lord, hear us, hear our prayer, and have mercy. Well, amazingly, because Mark Twain's name, his real name isn't Mark Twain. His real name is Samuel. Well, his first name was Samuel. Samuel means the Lord has heard. And, then, and his, last, his last name is Clemens, which means mercy, or has mercy. The prayer was, Lord, hear our prayers and have mercy on the land, and his name means the Lord has heard and then has been merciful. Oh, it's I mean, just an accident. It's all an accident, right? <laughs> it's, um, it's, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I mean really, because what it, well, I mean, and this is just the first, this is the, the, the opening, and that thing is that this thing, this mystery, and it's really showing the hand of God, is in everything. I mean, in order for these things to happen, and as we're going to see, I mean, it involves the whole world. I mean, I mean every event in the world is going to involve America, it's going to involve Canada, it's going to involve every every part of the world, and everything has to happen in its exact place, and and in its exact time, you know. Right. And, and the thing is that that with this, you know, now now this is 1867. Now it turns out this is going to be the first year of this jubilee restoration. Now, now I'll just throw this in with, with, to understand the mystery. You know, the, the Bible, Moses also gave, of course, it's God given it, the mystery of the jubilee. And that is simply, for those who don't know, that on this particular year, jubilee, if you lost your land, if you lost your home, if you lost your ancestral possession, in the year of jubilee, you get it back. You return home, whoever occupies your land has to, has to leave. You get restored. You get, you return. So the year of jubilee is the year of return and restoration, and it happens every every 50 years. And so, now the thing is, the one people who have lost their land more than any other people, it's the Jewish people. And yet God said, in the end times, I'm going to bring them back. So when they come back, it's going to be linked to the, the Jubilee. It's going to be a Jubilee thing. The first Jubilee, and, and you're, we're going to see how everything is going to follow this, is begun when Mark Twain comes there, and then, and I'm not in this, I won't do it in this hour, but other strange things start happening in the land in that year. And if you take that year, 1867, and you count 50 years into the next Jubilee, prophetic Jubilee, it's going to bring you to 1917. 1917 is going to be the year of the next restoration, the next moving of God in this powerful way, and the next stream of mysteries. And then it's going to take you to the next one. It's going to take you all the way to where we are right now. Um, actually, um, Richard, you and I met when I went to Canada, and it was this. It was one of these years, and that it was actually being. It was actually my trip to Canada right. when all these things were happening. That's what launched this book. It was when I was there those two that, that week because it's going to go all the way up to our time. That's right, and, and you came in Canada's Jubilee year. We were celebrating right. our 150th anniversary. All right, so uh, let, let's take us to the, the second door. There's so much to get through here, but let's, let's uh, get yeah. to the second door. 
Okay, and let me just—I just realized something. Let me just just to, just to, just to frame it um, is that well, well, okay. You count you count the fifty years from eighteen sixty-seven, so it takes you to nineteen seventeen. So what is what is could something happen at that time that is significant? Well, amazing that takes you to nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen is in the midst of the First World War. And the First World War, I mean, th- this shows you how the mystery involves everything and works through it. It's not that God causes it, the, the war, but he works through all things. It's the, the First World War that's going to bring about the second mystery and prophetic thing. And that is that you're going to, the, the people, the, the power that owns the land or that has the land that occupies it of Israel is the Ottoman Turkish Empire. Yes. They're Islamic. They are not about to give the land to the Jewish people. The last thing they're going to do. Um, but something happens in that in that that the, the first world war the ottoman empire finds itself on one side of the war the british empire finds itself on the other side of the war and the british empire is you know had a revival you know before this and there's a love for the jewish people and the thing is there is a there was a government in power just before the 1917 that was at, in in britain which actually was not for restoring the land to the jewish people and just before the year 1917 year of jubilee comes that government collapses and two people are raised up to power. One of them is David Lloyd George, becomes the new prime minister. The other is uh, Arthur Balfour. And, and they both are, are, have Christian backgrounds, and they both are for Israel. So God raises them up just as the year of Jubilee comes. And they're going to, uh, they're going to issue, I won't go through this now, but they're going to issue a declaration. The declaration, of course, is the Balfour Declaration. Mm-hmm. It's going to bring, it's the land of Israel, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give the land of what was called Palestine, the Jewish people, back to the Jewish people. That, that's the beginning. It, well, when does it happen? The year of Jubilee. But the one through whom it's going to happen you know, is, is another Christian whose name we all, many of us know is General Edmund Allenby. Allenby is now leading the British forces. And Allenby, what happens, he's going to he was actually raised on the Bible and raised praying for these things. Now he's going to fulfill it. He he heads he heads up to Jerusalem, and now now Allenby, you know, he did something that was never done in any war over Israel, and that is that he 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 calls for for planes to be used. Now planes were just invented about like, around ten years before, or, or a bit more than that. But just, yeah, mainly for reconnaissance. Had, but he was using he was orchestrating sort of ground forces with the air force. Which, which was now, that, and that became the textbook for war. That he, he's the one who, who mastered. He's the one, It was never done. There was never. There was never a war in Israel that was that uh, over the land that up to that point that ever had used the air ever before. So Allenby uses it now. Up to that point, the the Germans and the Turks had the had domination of the air. But the the, the planes that Allenby ha- comes in, he brings in. It ends up being crucial. He drives the the other forces from the air. Becomes crucial for as you said recon- reconnaissance. Cover and and for even bombing, but they become crucial for this, and they become crucial for the taking of the final thing, which is Jerusalem. According to prophecy, the Jewish people have to go back to Jerusalem. Jesus is not coming until they come back to Jerusalem. So that is crucial. So it, it was crucial in the war over Jerusalem. It was the the planes or leading up to it actually allowed them to take it without any damage to the city. Now there was an ancient prophecy from Isaiah where he speaks about Jerusalem, and he speaks about. Jerusalem being delivered, and it says that the Lord will deliver Jerusalem, and it says, as birds flying, and he, as passing over, he will do it as a bird. Now, 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 I'm not saying that there's other, you know, there's, there's, there's application of this before, but God is in charge of everything. So the amazing thing is, so this is the war, the first time that, if, as birds flying, Jerusalem is delivered. Now, there's a book Call, many people know, called the Book of Common Prayer. Yes. It's a, the English book written in the 1600s, I believe, or 1500s, 1600s, centuries old, and it also has appointed words, or words appointed for every day, every morning, and every night, a scripture. Now, the amazing thing is, as the war over the plains going over reaches its conclusion, as, as on December 8th and 9th, as it's about to, they're about to take Jerusalem, uh, the, the, the British soldiers of Allenby, they're all, they're open Opening their Book of Common Prayer, and the appointed word for that day is Isaiah, and the Lord will save to deliver Jerusalem as birds flying. <laughs> Unbelievable. As birds flying. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. 
and the the very squadron that was responsible in the War of Jerusalem of saving it was the 14th Squadron. They had as their motto. Listen, their motto was was this: "I spread my wings and keep my promise." Hmm. Man, Amazing. I mean, if people can't see the fingerprints of the Lord throughout all of this. I don't know what else can be said. This is remarkable. Incidentally, what is the number of the end? Okay, this is, okay, and and this, again, I'm just touching on some of the mysteries in each door, and we'll do more later, but here's, this is, in the, one other thing of the second door, that 1917, that, that, that what God did. A num- there's a number in Daniel, which, it, it's a number that it says, at the end of Daniel, it says that, that it'll be this, here's the number until the, it's speaking of the occupation, until Jerusalem's occupation, basically, is over, till the enemy is driven out, till what is obstructing God's purposes is driven out. Now, there's, there's many applications to it, you know, and, and end-time applications and all those things. But the amazing thing is the number for the ending of the occupation is the number there, 1333. You can see it at the end of Daniel. It talks about 1333 days, but, it, but the number is 1333. Interesting thing, because, Richard, it, something happens in the year 1917, Jubilee, all of a sudden, the number of the end of the occupation, the number from Daniel, 1333, starts appearing throughout the Middle East, starts appearing around there, and, and it comes also in the form of a coin that has the number 1333 on it all over now that's the and that, that's the, it's going to be the year that the occupation of of Israel by hostile powers has ends after 2000 years it's going to be the, and it's, it has the number of of the end of occupation and it's going to be the year that muslim occupation ends now interesting thing because why do they have, why does that number start appearing it turns out that the muslim year of uh, the year of jubilee was 1333 1917 is 1333 in the Muslim calendar. It was 1330, the year 1333, which is in the Bible is the number that the occupiers are driven, are, are ending, ends, and it's the year of Jubilee at the same time. And in fact, you know, in fact, uh, I mentioned the Balfour Declaration. Well, they were, the, the England was waiting on passing that they're waiting to, they wouldn't do it until they heard from America to approve it. The day they heard from it, uh, America, the approval to go ahead with it was October 16th. October 16th is the peak day of 1333. It's the exact day. So, of, of that, so it appears. So God even uses the Muslim calendar to show when the Muslims have to get out of the land from Daniel and all converging in that same year. Right. So unless President Woodrow Wilson was intimately familiar with the Muslim calendar and biblical prophecy, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's absolutely remarkable. Okay. Yeah. So on to the third door. Yes. Okay. Herzl's countdown. Now, the father yeah. of the Zionist movement. Yes, yeah. Now, this is a different kind of Jubilee. The, 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 the pattern that we're seeing is going to continue all the way to where we are now, as I said, 50 years. But there's, a, there's one other cycle, and this, is, this, con, this concerns the political Jubilee. But it's still going to follow the cycle of 50 years. You have Theodore Herzl. Now, Theodore Herzl, as he said, what people don't know is he's the father of, I mean, that, father of Zionism, father of Israel. He's the one who had the vision early. Um, and yet, before he died, he revealed he had a dream before he died, and it was a dream of the Messiah. And it, he, he said he saw the Messiah talking to Moses about him, and he, the Messiah said, this boy is the one who's going to prepare the way for my, for my coming. He's going to prepare my people for my coming. Now, interesting, because Herzl's going to be responsible that Israel comes back in the world, and yet we know that Jesus is not coming back until Israel comes back in the world. So people don't know that, but, and he only revealed it when he was about to die. But here's the thing, he makes a prophecy. He in, in, he gathers together. The, it's called the First Zionist Congress, and in that they they found they basically establish Israel. But they, it's all by faith. There's no Israel for a long time. But they do that. And and Herzl writes a prophecy. He says he says today he says or basically I just founded the Jewish the Jewish nation the Jewish state. He says anybody would laugh if they heard me say that now. But but it's going to happen. He says it could be five years, but definitely in fifty years he says the world will know it. 50 years, okay. 50 years is the Jubilee, again, Jubilee. So the question is, when did he say it? He said it in 1897. He wrote it down. Well, fast forward 50 years, it takes you to the year 1947. 
1947 is the year that the United Nations will vote Israel back into existence. The very year. And, and the whole world will know, for the first time, will know of the Jewish nation. And now it's a few months later, it will be, it'll be, it'll be uh, fulfilled, but 1947 is where it all, all crystallizes, and that's the year, that's the year by its prophecy. But it's more than that. As I look deeper, I saw something amazing. The, there's a date when, you know, the, they, and for Israel to come back, they can't, the UN came up with a partition plan. Right. That's what they voted on. Well, the partition plan was received by the United Nations and has a date on it. It's marked. It has the partition plan and has, and has a date marked when they received it. And the date is September 3rd. Now, amazing, as I look back, the date that Theodore Herzl wrote the prophecy was September 3rd. So it's exactly 50 years to the day. Oh, my. September 3rd, 1897, Herzl convenes... Uh, and announces uh, this, uh, the uh, convenes this, you know, the Zionist uh, conference, and uh, announces the spiritual birth of Israel, although it doesn't exist in in reality. And exactly fifty years to the day, September third, nineteen forty-seven, yeah. the United Nations votes on partitioning. Uh, what it was then called Palestine, unbelievable, yes. uh, unbelievable, and and Richard, I'm just throwing it in because it's you, but it's it's uh, but the uh, it turns out that the release date I didn't plan it this of the Oracle is September third, same day. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> plan we didn't plan that, although it's going to come out earlier, so don't worry. Okay. Oh, all right, uh, we've been talking about the, the the Jubilee. What is the Jubilee and code that's that's embedded in uh, okay the ancient uh, ordinance? Yeah, amazing. It's 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 in the actual. Uh, ordinance of Jubilee that Moses gave, which says, which says, you shall return. Um, you have the, that's the first time you have the, the words, you shall return, talking about the whole nation. You shall return, you shall return. Could there be, this is the very beginning of the mystery, it's the Jubilee. It's Leviticus 25. It says, you shall return to your ancestral land. Well, could it be that that actually holds a key, a code to a mystery of our times? Well, the amazing thing is this. You know, first of all, the, 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 uh, the Hebrew date, as you know, the Hebrew year and the, and the Western year are different. Um, it's five something right now, five seven something. You know, right now it's the you know they count from the year of creation according to the reckoning. Okay, so you got a different year. But number two, the way you write the year in Hebrew is by using Hebrew letters. Every Hebrew letter has a numerical value. You write it down. So the thing, and this is not you know this is not saying that you look for every word to find this. This is actually the way you write down years in Hebrew. So the amazing thing is. In in the Jubilee ordinance is the word you shall the, you shall return is one word. In Hebrew it's tashuvu tashuvu. Now if you take that there's four letters in it, and if you take those four letters, you simply add it up. It comes out to the, the it comes out to the amount of seven o eight. Now here's the amazing thing, seven o eight. If you what year is that? Because the the millennial the millennium is counted somewhere else. But the year you write out with three. What is that year? Seven o eight. When you put it onto the what is that Hebrew year in our calendar? The year it says you shall return is nineteen forty eight. The year that Israel returns. The exact year is in you shall return. The year that they returned is is the year nineteen forty eight. And not only that, I won't go into the detail. But there's there's a I'll, I won't go into the book. But there's a kind of missing one letter there, and I won't go into the one letter. It, it indicates the millennium, and this it, it indicates the sixth millennium, which is when this happened as well. It indicates the exact year. It's all there, embedded from the time of Moses. Holy smokes. Uh, and, and and as you're as you're re- this is being revealed to you, I mean, what's going through your mind? Like, are you double checking, saying that can't be right? That can't be right. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's similar to the, the way the harbinger came, the paradigm came. That I kept saying, whoa, 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 whoa. And and could this be? And then something would come in my mind to say, well, well, you have to check this out. There's something here. Check it out. And I, and I then I look and I'm like, whoa. I was blown away. Just like you know, just like the, you know, people say, oh, I'm blown away by your books. I'm the first one to be blown away. Um, and uh, continuously and so much so. Again, this was the reason why the oracle is two years from the last book is because there was so much coming. Again, three thousand pages of being blown away. That I, I'm, I'm the first one to be blown away. More of my interview with Jonathan Kahn when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. Time for a visit from Colleen Forgus, our certified nutritional therapy consultant who manages the full script dispensary at strangeplanet.ca. Welcome once again, Colleen. 
Hi, Richard. You know, everybody I know seems to have digestion problems because I think a lot of it has to do with people just rushing around and not Mm. sitting down to eat properly. What do you think? I think you have hit on it for sure. You know, digestion starts with your eyes. And when you start to think about visualizing food, that starts creating salivation in your mouth. We are all running around so busy. It's really important to take time, sit down with your family and enjoy your meal. Relax, be in a parasympathetic state. I want to make sure that people are chewing their food well so that their saliva is incorporating with the food. That is an important process because that starts to break down the food before it gets into the stomach. But just make sure that we take time to be relaxed, grateful, and enjoy our food with our families every day. Excellent. And what do we have on the Full Script Dispensary site for digestion? Well, you know, for those times when our digestion isn't working optimally and we're having an upset stomach, maybe some diarrhea, there's a product by Biotics Research called Gastrozyme that I absolutely love. It's just a couple of little tablets you take anytime or if you're traveling, you've got digestive upset. Gastrozyme by Biotics Research is my go-to product. Fantastic. Colleen, we'll talk again. Thank you, Richard. Take care. Full script. Nature grade. Science made. These products have not been assessed by the FDA and are not intended to treat, cure, or diagnose. If you have a medical concern, please consult your health care provider. Theoretical physicists say that there is as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, Here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five. Jonathan Kahn, the author of The Oracle, The Jubilean Mysteries Unveiled, is here. Let's get right to that fourth door, shall we? Okay, so now we go to the major, the major cycles. We saw 1867, the first jubilee, and you count 50 years, takes you to 1917, and that becomes the second gigantic event, the, the liberation of Jerusalem first by the British Empire and the, the declaration of the Balfour, giving the land to the Jewish people. But they still, they're there, but they still don't have a nation. Okay, we saw a special jubilee. Now, we, but if we take from 1917 and keep continue with that cycle, uh, where does it take us? 50 years takes us to 1960. 1967, like clockwork, is going to be the year of the, the next gigantic Jubilean prophetic event. And this is, this, is ordained by, this is ordained by Messiah. Again, Messiah said, I'm not coming back. Jesus said, I'm not coming back until the Jewish people say, blessed is he, and they have to say it in Jerusalem. So, so Israel's got to have Jerusalem. When Israel was born as a nation, they didn't have Jerusalem. And yet, yet it, it's going to happen one way or the other. And the amazing thing, it actually happens because the Soviet Union, anti God, Soviet Union, gives a false report to Egypt that causes Egypt and the Arab world to line up to destroy Israel that forces the Six-Day War and fulfills biblical prophecy. The Soviet Union fulfills biblical prophecy. For the first time in 2,000 years, you have Jewish soldiers entering the gates of Jerusalem, and for the first time, Jerusalem is in Jewish hands. But it has to be. This is Remember, the Jubilee is everyone shall return to their ancestral possession. Jerusalem belongs to the Jewish people. Now, amazing thing, I, we shared in the, the other Jubilee, we talked about the Day of the Birds, that prophecy from Isaiah, that where, where it says that, that, that God will save Jerusalem as birds flying. And we saw how the planes, that was the first time the planes were involved in saving Jerusalem, 1917 Allenby. Well, in that same prophecy, when I looked at it, amazing, because right next to it, it says also that the Lord is going to fight for Jerusalem as a lion, as, as, as a lion. Now, amazing things. how did Israel get Jerusalem? Well, what happened is you had one major guy, a colonel, who first he had to circle Jerusalem, circle the mountains of around Jerusalem, and kind of cut it off from Jordan. And then you had you had uh, one uh, another another uh, colonel who was the head of the basically the operation of the whole war of that war of Jerusalem. He sends word to another guy, an intelligence officer, who sends word to the commander of the paratroopers who are on the Mount of Olives, and they get the word. They go down, enter the enter the gate, and they enter the temple 
come out and they take Jerusalem. Okay, I just said that. Now, here's the amazing thing that I found, Richard. And again, I've never heard this before. I just, it was like one of those, again, blown away moments. First of all, it says the Lord will fight for Jerusalem as a lion. Now, the guy, the colonel who's, who circled the, and, and safeguarded the whole area up to, to, for Jerusalem, the, the, the mountains to take Jerusalem, his, his name, he was Colonel Ari, and Ben Ari. Ari in Hebrew means the lion. So here the guy who takes Jerusalem is the lion. It says in the prophecy, the lions will, the, will take it on the mountain or the mountain of God. Well, the, the name of his, of his brigade was called the Harel Brigade, which means the mountain of God. So you got the lion, Colonel Lion, leading the, the mountain of God. All right. Then the, head, the one who's the head of the operation, um, who, who gives the word to take Jerusalem, his name, his name is Arik Regev. Arik in Hebrew means the lion. He's a lion, too. He, he sends word to another guy named Arik Achman, who also means, he's the intelligence officer, it's, again, the lion. Well, he gives word to the commander of the paratroopers, as I said, the, the most famous fighter, the most famous, the hero of the Six-Day War, um, and the, his name is Mati Gur. Now, he, he leads it. Now, that doesn't sound like the other names. But Gur means the young lion. <laughs> and amazingly, the two first people in Jerusalem, I mean, are, are, or, are Mati Gore and his, his intelligence officer, um, Arik Achman. So they, they go together, they go on the Temple Mount. Now the prophecy says the Lord will save Jerusalem, or fight for Jerusalem, fight for the mountain there, and they go to the, they're the first ones on the Temple Mount, and as, as a lion and a young lion. Well, the two of the, who go there, their names are lion in Hebrew and young lion. Amazing. Unbelievable. And, Unbelievable. and the, the gate that they go through to take the city, the gate is, what gate? The lion's gate. Of course, <laughs> of course. Very quickly, I don't want to sidetrack you too much, but I recall something about a threshing floor uh, during the liberation of, of Jerusalem um, and, and the name of one of the yes. the, the, yes. the generals, his, his name also meant threshing floor. Well, it's amazing. I, in, 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 the, in the Oracle, he's called the Jubilee Man. I mean, it's an amazing thing of him. I mean, he, he has like five mysteries over him. As the soldiers get to the wall, there's a man who goes with them. Now, in the Jubilee, and he's a rabbi, actually, uh, a chaplain. The Jubilee, in the Jubilee, what happens is, you know, everybody knows, you sound the trumpet, you sound the shofar. It has to sound. Well, amazing thing that happens, as they reach the wall, the moment of their 967 year jubilee they reach the wall uh that's the moment at that moment and actually it begins when they enter the gates when they take jerusalem the the um the shofar is blown the sh- and now the, the sh- as the jubilee has to happen but the guy who blows it is not doing it because he knows any of this he's not reading the, the oracle he's just he just blows it for a, for a different reason his name is rabbi shlomo goren now the amazing thing a few things first of all shlomo goren he he does it because he, he had a shofar, and he says, I have to blow this. He doesn't realize it. He sounds it. And now, in the Jubilee, the land returns to the, its original owner, and which is the Jewish people there, and it returns to its original state, because it's under its original owner. Well, the original state of the Temple Mount, which is what they got in, in the, the center of the Six-Day War, uh, and the, the original state is it was a threshing floor. Remember, David purchased it. And so in the Jubilee, it goes back to the origin of the land. It, and, and, and so in Hebrew, the the word for threshing floor floor is Goren. The rabbi who blew the shofar over the threshing floor is named Rabbi Goren or Rabbi Threshing Floor. And, and not only that, he is he. When was he born? He was born in the year 1917, the other jubilee. So when he's doing this, it's his jubilee. He's exactly 50 years old as he sounds the 50 year 50 year sounding of the jubilee shofar at the time. It's amazing, and and he has no idea. And one of the amazing things, Richard, I won't get into it, but one of the amazing things is that. I found as I watched this, there's always someone born in one jubilee who then plays the, the main part in the next jubilee. I mean, it happens all the way from 18, the 1800s all the way down. It's amazing. He's one of them. And there's more to that mystery, but I think we'll, I'll touch on it when we get to Donald Trump. Uh, all right. Mark Twain, <laughs> Donald Trump. My gosh. Uh, who's not uh, in, in, uh, in the Bible? Now, um, <laughs> let's, let's move quickly here because I want to get to the mystery of the yeah. uh, Masada before we get to the fifth door. What is the mystery of the Masada? 
Okay, well, oh, this is big, so I'm just going to touch on it for a second. Okay, there may, a few may, amazing things here. I'll just touch on One is that there was actually, you know, Masada is the grave of ancient Israel. It's where the last soldiers fought and lost, and that's where Israel ended. Uh, you know, the last stand of Israeli soldiers against Rome. And so it's the grave of ancient Israel. But amazing thing is that there was actually a scripture hidden in that, in ancient Israel's grave. It was sitting there for, for 2,000 years, and it was only, on, finally, when Israel comes back, they return to Masada, and actually Israeli soldiers return, just like the, the resurrection of the soldiers who died there, and they uncover it, and they, as they take it out, it's a parchment with a prophecy, an amazing prophecy about God, saying, God saying, I'm going to open up your graves, and I'm going to resurrect you, I'm going I'm to take you from your grave, and so it's on their graves. Now, now I'm not even going to say what the prophecy is, because there's so much, because I'm just going to say more here. Here's the thing. There's another mystery on top of it, and that is, if, you know, in ancient times, Israel lost Jerusalem first, fall of Jerusalem, then the soldiers fled to Masada, fought on that mountaintop, and then that was it. So it went from Jerusalem falls, and then Masada falls after that. The amazing thing is in the Jubilee, or in this mystery, God reverses everything. So what happens is, Israel returns to Masada after 2,000 years in the early 60s. Now, if you, now what I, if you take, now I'm not going to go through it, but I'm just going to tell you this, it's amazing. If you take the time period in ancient times between the fall of Jerusalem to the fall of Masada, and you, you put it, you take the day that Israel returned to Masada, it means you reverse it, it means they're going to return to Jerusalem. And so the amazing thing is, if you do that, it's going to come, it's going to take you to the exact day of June 7th, 1967, the exact day that Israel returns to, to Jerusalem. If you t- amazing. I mean, it's, and it's, it's really just, it's mind-boggling. And this is one of the things where I, I, I nah, am I getting this right? It can't be right. Uh, so yes. take us through this, the fifth door and how this mystery of the oracle is kind of playing out in our own, in our own lifetime. Yes, yes. It goes all the way up to now. This is one, again, when I was in Canada in this year with you, and that's when this thing hit me. Um, yeah, amazing. So it, what, you count out 60, 1967, count another 50 years, where does it take you? It takes you to the year 2017. So that would say that there's going to be something that's going to happen in that year linked to the restoration of Israel, restora- the restoration of Jerusalem. Well, it happens. For the first time in, in, since ancient times, a major power recognizes Jerusalem as the, as the capital of Israel, as belonging to Israel, had never happened, really, in in, since in, in 2,000 years. In fact, to find some of it, some of what Trump did when he issues the Jerusalem Declaration, um, and he's, he's not... He's not reading the oracle either, so, I mean, obviously. So, but he's fulfilling this mystery amazingly, even the time that he did it. His words echo the proclamation of Cyrus. I won't go into it right now, but it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to issue all that. But let me, let me throw this in. There's, there's a chapter in the book called The Trumpet Man, and here's the thing. In the year of Jubilee, what happens, we just saw it before, the trumpet sounds, starts sounding in the year of Jubilee. Well, amazing, you know, one of the, the, the name of the president is Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump, you know, the Trump can mean drum, but it can also mean trumpet. And so, in fact, in the Bible, the word Trump literally means trumpet. And so the amazing thing is, in the year of Jubilee, what happens is the, the trumpet becomes the prevalent thing, the sound of the trumpet. Well, when was the year of Jubilee? 2017. When did Donald Trump become president? 2017. When does the Trump start sounding? At the beginning of the year. Well, he, when does he start sounding? January, the Trump starts sounding. <laughs> what happens when the trumpet, what happens when the Trump of Jubilee, so, I mean, listen, so Trump comes to power in the year of Jubilee, it's the trumpet, and, and it's a loud sound, and, you know, it's just like a trumpet, it's not necessarily a pleasant sound, but what happens when the Trump sounds, or the Trump of Jubilee sounds? The Trump, what happens is the land returns to it, it's given the authority to its original owner. The, the owner, the right of ownership is given back to the one who lost it. Well, the Trump sounds in the year of Jubilee, he, he actually issues the proclamation just within, within, within a month of the Jubilee closing. He issues it, and, and as he issues it, the, the right of the land returns to the original owner. Nobody could make this up. And I'm going to throw in one more thing, Richard, if I can. And, and that is that I, I told you that there are these appointed words uh, you know, that God appoints. Well, the amazing thing is, when Donald, I looked at, when Donald Trump was born, he was born on a, Sabbath, on a Friday, Sabbath. There's an appointed word for that day. What was it? The appointed word, you know, he's born, is for the making of the Trump. No, no. It's for, it's for the, the, it's the only, the only section in the, in the entire scripture which it talks about making the Trump, the trumpet, making the Trump, and that's when he was produced on that day. 
Um, okay. We could do a whole show on every one of these points. But let's, yes. talk, let's talk about the mystery of the 70 years. Okay. Um, and I don't, yeah, okay. And by the way, and, and this also goes into the future and it goes into, the, into heaven and what's, what's going to happen in our time. But here's the thing. Uh, yeah, the, the 70 year mystery, Donald Trump, one of the things he follows is Cyrus. Now, with Cyrus, the, the, the proclamation concerning Jerusalem happened at the end of 70 years, the 70 year period. Well, what about Trump's proclamation? Well, the amazing thing is, there is the, the, the day that, that, that uh, we mentioned that resolution, that partition plan. Well, what that partition plan in 1940. 47, that it brought Israel into existence, also separated Israel from Jerusalem. The UN declared Jerusalem a corpus separatum, it, that it had its own, it was in charge of Jerusalem, not Israel. So it also be, marks the beginning that Israel was separated from Jerusalem. The, so that's 1947. Well, count 70 years, it takes you to 2017, end of 70 years. The Hebrew says, after 70 years. Now, the amazing thing, Richard, is when I looked into the Hebrew, the actual day, it says after 70 years. If you take the Hebrew date, when that resolution was passed, when actually also was the separation of Jerusalem, till the time that that came the first recognition of Jerusalem as belonging to Israel, which is, it comes out to, in 2017, it comes out to the 18th day of the Hebrew month of Kislev. That's, that's the after 70 years. That's the day after the 70 years. That's what it says in the Hebrew. Well, when was that day? It was December 6th. It was the exact day that Donald Trump issued the Jubilean declaration on the exact day that constitutes after 70 years to the day. My gosh, that's some uh, heavenly timepiece. And just very quickly, as we head into the break, you mentioned uh, Cyrus. He was, uh, King Cyrus was the one that basically freed the the Jews from bondage in Babylon and said, go back and I'll help you rebuild Israel. Yes, yes, both both things, and there's another president, Truman, who also is in the in the Oracle of Mystery. Amazingly, also fulfills that. And Donald Trump was born in the the reign of Truman. They're linked together as well. Both are Cyrus's amazing stuff. Truman even said he said the words, "I am Cyrus." <laughs> okay. So is Donald Trump. It's amazing. And that concludes part one of my conversation with Jonathan Kahn, the author of The Oracle: The Jubilean Mysteries Unveiled. Now, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back to tell you what's coming up next on Conspiracy Unlimited. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the Star Chamber. $20 a month is the whistleblower tier, and a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Star Chamber and whistleblower members can participate in an exclusive monthly online chat or video conference with me, and all donors are entered into a monthly draw for Strange Planet merchandise. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Coming up Friday on Conspiracy Unlimited, part two of my two part series on the Jubilean Mysteries of the Bible with Jonathan Kahn. There's a scripture in Haggai that says that there's one day on the 24th of Kislev, it's going to be the day of blessing for you. It's going to, the, the curse is going to be overturned. Kingdoms are going to fall. Now, nobody knows when, there was nothing that we know fulfilled it back then. It's talking about a blessing. He's talking about particularly Jerusalem. Well, amazingly, the day that Jerusalem was liberated by Allenby's forces from the Ottoman Islamic Empire, first time it was liberated in 2,000 years from hostile powers back to, to go to the Jewish people. The day it was the 9th of December, well, on the Hebrew calendar, it was the 24th of Kislev, the actual day that says it's going to be the day of your blessing. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.